Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Mets with MLB.com's Mets beat reporter, Anthony DeComo. Surprise, surprise, there is another new plan for Matt Harvey. Um, And it seems to be a fairly sensible one. He's going to continue making starts. He's not going to sit out for any extended period of time, and they're just going to get him out earlier. First of all, how early are we talking about? Uh, is he going to get through five, two times through the order? What's Just as far as the mechanics of it, how do you think it's going to work, at least until they change it again? Well, well, that's exactly it. This thing is still... Very, very fluid. Uh, it can change every moment. It's going to change. It's going to fluctuate based on how they're doing in the standings, what matters, what doesn't. Um, the key is just, yeah, they want him uh, not to you know, take the ball in the NLDS having pitched once in the last 20 days or, or whatever it was going to wind up being. Um, but it's very much a start-by-start, week-by-week proposition. Um, he's still almost certainly going to have you know, at least one of those starts down the down the stretch skipped. Um, but the Mets really are trying to not look that far forward right now. They're looking to his next start, which is Sunday against the Yankees. And you're probably looking at five innings, maybe six innings if he keeps his pitch count down. Um, it's not going to be shorter than that. It's certainly not going to be longer than that. Uh, but, again, it's it's a fluid situation. It's an interesting situation. It's a... A uh, situation that puts the Mets in a tough spot in a lot of ways. Um, they're lucky, of course, that it's September, so you don't have to worry about burning out your bullpen to accommodate the guy because you've got plenty of relievers down there. But even then, the Mets w- would like to back off their top relievers if they can. They've got a couple of injuries elsewhere in their bullpen, um, so you don't want to tax these guys. Uh, you hope Matt Harvey can go five or six, but the goal is still to keep his innings manageable, to keep them as under control as they can so that they can go to Scott Boris and they can go to James Andrews in October and say, look, see, he's fine. You know, we kept it reasonable. Now let's use him in October. And uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how we react on Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see what Matt Harvey has to say about all of this after his start on Sunday. Well, that's an interesting thing you just touched on because Harvey himself has been emphatic, I will pitch in the postseason. But that, that makes it sound like is there still some question as to – his availability in October? I don't think the Mets have any question about his availability. I, I just think Scott Boris, if you ask him, 
you ask him, he will still say, well, look, 180 innings was a hard cap. We don't want to go past it. James Andrews has recommended he not go past it, and so on and so forth. Now, that's not going to happen. The Mets have been pretty explicit in saying they are going past it. They won't say how much further. Uh, they won't say what exactly he'll do in October, only that he will be in October. And Terry Collins has sort of dropped little hints here and there, saying that when he pitches in October, he won't be limited within start. You know, if you need him to go 100 pitches, seven innings in that NLDS game, he will. Um, but like I said, it's still very fluid. It's still very start to start. Uh, we're not sure exactly what we're going to get. I think it's wait and see for a Mets team, certainly, that doesn't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs. You know, if, if if they get bounced in the first round, which no one wants to see happen, but if it does happen, it clears up that headache because then obviously the innings stop piling up. Uh, if they go make a deep run and they make it to the NLCS, even to the World Series, uh, I'm sure there's going to be much more negotiating between the Mets and Matt Harvey, between the Mets and Scott Boris, and so on and so forth, because the fact of the matter is this guy is still one of their best pitchers, if not their absolute best pitcher. He's probably one of the top six or seven starters in the game today, and uh, it would be it's difficult enough to make a deep run in the playoffs for anyone, but to try and do it without one of your top two starters is is extraordinarily difficult. So, it's something the Mets are just going to have to continue to monitor until there's nothing left to monitor. The last time we talked, uh, it there had been a very nice uh, bounce-back start from a couple of them, really a couple of solid starts from Jacob deGrom. Um, since then, he put up another one that wasn't real good at. To what extent does DeGrom, and again, overall, he's he's been rather good even in recent weeks. I don't want to overstate. It's not like he can't get anybody out. But to what extent does this sort of regression or fade or whatever you call it in recent weeks um, kind of magnify the Harvey thing and make it more difficult for them to kind of face it? I guess what I'm getting at is they certainly wouldn't want to go through this without Harvey. But if you can say, we got a one. DeGrom is a one. He's going to go out there and go toe-to-toe with absolutely anybody, with Jake Arrieta, with Zach Greinke, with whoever it is, and not worry about it. That's kind of a different question than, well, we hope he's good. And, again, I realize that the Harvey stuff, to some extent, exists in a vacuum, just in that they're dealing with the pitcher, they're dealing with the agent, they're dealing with the doctor, and the stuff is going to get settled on its own. But – how does that kind of – does it play into it at all? Does it make it a more difficult question for the Mets? Does it make it harder for them to think about sort of creative uses of Harvey in October, or is it just completely separate? Well, it's not completely separate because you're talking about a team, you're talking about a pitching rotation, and both of those guys are part of that. Um, yeah, if you could go out there and say, look, we're facing Clayton Kershaw in game one of the NLDS, and – you know, well, we know it's going to be tough to hit, and we're not that worried because we have Cy Young candidate Jacob Degrom out there. Uh, I, that would be a lot easier to swallow. But the fact of the matter is that Jacob Degrom isn't here right now. Not to say he can't be here next week or the first week of October, but right now I think it's pretty clear he looks a little fatigued. Uh, I think a rest would do him well down the stretch. Uh, I think if the Mets, uh, you know, while their division lead is dwindling night by night, it's still pretty healthy at seven and a half games with 16 to play. So if the Mets can start winning again, maybe win a series against the Yankees this weekend, build that lead back up, clinch sometime next week, maybe sometime next weekend, 
uh, it would erase a lot of those headaches because then you can rest Jacob deGrom without worry, uh, so on and so forth. But but the problem is not just with deGrom's recent struggles because he, he I do think it's, it's nothing more than a rest that he's going to need to come out of this. He's been so good in the past that sort of self-diagnosing what's wrong with him um, when things do go wrong. He's been so good at correcting those fixes very quickly and often coming back stronger than ever before. So uh, while I'm not particularly worried about him, you have to be a little worried just about the state of the rotation in general. Uh, Noah Syndergaard has been good lately, but he went through an elongated rough patch in August. He's also you know, coming up upon innings totals that he's never pitched before, and you wonder how that's going to play out in October. How is he going to respond on that stage? Uh, you've got Steven Matz, who was dealing with a blister injury. That's gone, but he still only has four big league starts in his career. He's gone past six innings once. So if you wind up counting on him in your playoff rotation over Bartolo Colon, uh, you can't be entirely certain what you're going to get. Uh, and then you've got Bartolo Colon and John Neese, who have both gone through you know, patches where they haven't been good at all. Colon, obviously good lately until last night, and he faces a couple of, uh, well, both of them will face teams that don't hit particularly well down the stretch. So maybe that helps. But the point is, this isn't that super scary rotation you had earlier this year, you know, in early July and in, in mid-July when you had DeGrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, Matt, even Nice at that time, uh, all pitching very, very well. Uh, this is a rotation with some flaws right now. This is a rotation that can be beaten, and it's going to behoove the Mets to get everyone healthy, get everyone in order to get their innings uh, troubles figured out before they get into October because right now you look on paper the way people are pitching, not to say it can't change, but the Dodgers have your number in that in that regard. They have an advantage. The, the other thing that has gone on here lately is that this uh, runaway train offense um, had only one bad game in Miami, but or excuse me, against the Marlins, but scored seven runs in three games. Um, and, and I saw something you touched on that, that uh, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, so I may mischaracterize it a bit, but kind of hinting that maybe there was a little bit of a, a, a letdown. Um, one, do you think that that's an accurate way to put it? And two, uh, because of that, do you think there's real value in, in having the Yankees come across town and have this series that's just going to be absolutely insane? Yeah, the way Terry Collins characterized it, losing two games to the Marlins, it was more of a an emotional letdown because they had been playing so well. They had just been bludgeoning teams for a while. They built this NL East lead up to nine and a half games, and it just became this animal where everyone, and rightfully so, is looking ahead to the playoffs. And Terry Collins just wanted to say, whoa, 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 slow down. We're not there yet. And it's not even sort of the fatalist Mets fans view where, okay, 2007, we were up seven with 17 to go and we lost the lead. The Mets aren't thinking that way. But they are thinking, we have business to take care of before we can start really going into playoff mode and really worrying about it. Um, so in that sense, I, yeah, I do think that the Subway Series will be good for the Mets. It'll especially be good for some of these young players. I'm um, curious to see how Steven Matz responds on the mound, how Noah Syndergaard responds on the mound, because this is going to be the first real playoff-type atmosphere, with the exception maybe of the uh, National Series uh, earlier this year when the Mets first took over first place right after the trading deadline. But this is going to be the first real playoff atmosphere that they see aside from that. Um, so it will be curious to see how they respond. Uh, but the other thing about the offense, 
is, and to their credit, I mean, they've beat up on some bad pitching. And that helps. You know, they're going to see some pretty good pitchers this weekend against the Yankees, but then down the stretch, it's going to be more bad pitching. Uh, so while you can look on paper and you can look at how the Mets are at the top of the league in pretty much every offensive category since July 25th when they made the first of their many trades, uh, the fact of the matter is we're not really going to have a, a, a super sense of how good this offense is until we get to October, until they start facing the Clayton Kershaws of the world, the Zach Rinkies of the world, a rotation that's actually laden with left-handed starters right now, which creates a whole host of other problems for the Mets. Um, I have full confidence that they're going to do well down the stretch offensively, but that might not wind up meaning anything once they get to Los Angeles, once they get to the Dodgers. So it's going to be interesting just to see how this all plays out, uh, the balance between both pitching and offensively, between winning games now, keeping guys fresh, resting guys. Uh, it's a balance Terry Collins has been trying to strike for the last week and a half, and he's going to continue doing so these final 16 games. All right. Well, Anthony DeCombo, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.